God bless America. Let's say all sing it. Land that I love stand beside
never walk alone. Always feel at home. Praise God. Wherever you may roam, there is no power can conquer you while God is on your side. Oh, just take it at his promise. Don't run away and hide. It is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others. Praise God, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no
I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Oh, my God. 
your 
to get started, and I'm not going to worry about the time, and I'm not going to worry about the, uh, I know you're thinking I'm going to keep you real late when I say that, but I'm, that ain't my plan. But we don't never get, we never beat the other people to the restaurants, so, you know, we always get the leftovers or whatever we eat after them, so just be patient if you will. It's good to be in the house of God. It's good to be in this country. It's good to be alive today. It's good to know that we have a liberty. And I thought about that liberty all week. I thought about the things that God has done for us. But I'm going to tell you something. Our liberties, they were not free. How many knows that's true? Our liberties did not come about free. And I know you want to think about the soldiers, the price that's paid. We've got a lot of soldiers here, and I praise God for them. We brag on them as much as we can. But I'm going to go a different direction today. But I want you to hear that, that our, the cost of our liberty costs something. And you've got to understand that. And I know most of you are thinking, as Christians, you're thinking, yeah, I know Jesus paid my price. Yes, he did. But I want you to hear some of the rest of the story. Because the rest of the story is a grip from the heart of God. And I believe it means a lot to every one of us. And I think that's what God put up on my heart. And that's what I want to talk about. First, I want you to, if you've got your Bible, turn to the 10th chapter of John. In the book of John. Our liberty wasn't free. And I'm going to get back on that, but I want to talk to you about John for a minute because Jesus is talking, and he's, he is talking to Pharisees. I know that we've read this 10th chapter of John a lot of times, and we take it personal to what we think about what it's saying. But I want you to understand who he's addressing. Jesus, if you go back in the 9th chapter of, of John in the 40th verse, it says, and some of the Pharisees which, were, which with, were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Well, I'm only letting you know that because that's where it goes to talk about who he's referring to 10th chapter 2. He's addressing the religious leaders. Now, you know what? We need our religious world in America. We need the religious people to be addressed. How many knows what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about people that love God and serving God. I'm talking about people that has their, their religion. They have their way of doing things, and they're getting way off of what God's word says. And I'm not trying to pick them. I'm not trying to tell you we're better than anybody. We're not. We're striving and struggling to stay near to God so we can be obedient and hear his words when he speaks, hear his voice. But in that, it goes on down into the 10th chapter. You've heard this all your life, and it, and it starts out where Jesus begins to say to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. How many knows Jesus is addressing his Pharisees? Now, you understand something. He's really being nice. He's not really telling it yet. Is clear and plain. You know how you, you get your children in front of you and you don't want them to, you, you're trying to be nice to them 
you try to say it in a nice way, you've done the wrong thing, or you're not looking at it the right way. But the real truth is sometimes they don't get it. You just have to tell it like it is. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is trying to reach the Jewish leaders, the Jewish religious leaders. He's trying to speak to them because he was sent from his heavenly father and these religious people knew the scripture and they should have been accepting him, but they were not accepting him. So in that 10th chapter, he says that in verse 2, he says, he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, you can, you, I'm not going to read the rest of that, but I want you to look down at verse 6. Verse 6 says, this parable spake Jesus unto them, talking about them Pharisees, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then I want you to look at 7 through 11. And it says this, Then said Jesus unto them, Again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am door of the sheep. Amen. Listen to me, he ain't beating around the bush no more, Ken. He's tried to tell them in a nice way, you ain't looking at me the right way. You've got to understand, you're trying to get there by your works. You're trying to get there by your religion. You're not going to get there by that way. You're going to get that when you realize, I'm going through the door of Jesus Christ. And outside of Christ, he's the only Savior there is. There ain't no sense in you following me and telling me, I've saved you. I didn't save nobody. Nobody in here saved nobody but Jesus Christ. He's the only Savior, and he is the door. You'll notice he didn't mix it no more. If he'd have came right out and said, you guys don't understand, Pharisees, I'm the door. You know what? Right away, they'd have turned away from him. They'd have hurt, they'd hurt his little, their, their little pride. He'd have hurt their, hurt their little feelings. Because they think they're religious, and he's just a carpenter boy. They don't understand who he is. Then it goes on to say, he says, verse 8, And all that ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Then he says again, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And I've heard a lot of people have a hard time with that scripture. But I want to tell you something I think that means to me. When it says, they shall go in and out, I think it's talking about freedom. You ain't never been set free till you meet Jesus. You can get in religion and get more bound than you was out in the world. But I'm going to tell you something. You get a hold of Jesus Christ, he sets you free. I go in, I come back out. I go in, I go out. I still got Jesus with me everywhere I go. How many knows? There's liberty in Jesus Christ. And you don't see that until you accept him yourself. I didn't see it. I thought them people were just born that way. They were just born to go to church and stand around and sing songs and pat each other on the back and grin. But again, I tell you something, when you find Christ yourself, all of a sudden you feel the release of the sin upon your life and the, and the, and the fact that you knew you were an enemy of God because you knew sin was in your life and you needed a Savior. This, it says, go in and out and find pasture. That means he'll supply all your needs after that. Don't he, Bobby? You know, once you met Jesus, guess what? I know you need to go to work. I know you need a car. I know you need a house. I know you need a, but don't you know he takes care of all that? 
Don't you know once you're his child, he's watching over his own. And if you don't get something you want, guess what? You don't need it. Yeah, that's, I would go along with that commercial. We ain't got it, you don't need it. But sometimes God says no, but he don't just bluntly say, no, you ain't getting that. Sometimes he says, hold on, you ain't ready for that. I know what's in your heart before you ever ask. Ask in the will of God. Seek the will of God first. Then you'll find out when you ask, you ask the right thing. And you ask the right way. He goes on to say, The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And that's what stuck me right there. Can I tell you, that's where I started reading it got me into this chapter. This is what got me in it because all of a sudden God started talking to me about life more abundantly, life more abundantly. And I got excited about it because I got to thinking, Lord, you know how to abundantly fulfill our life. Now listen to me, young people. I don't care who you are or where you're going. I don't care what kind of college and all the money you could ever make. Listen to what I'm telling you. Your only fulfillment for this to know him and know him the way he wants you to know him. He has a plan for your life, a will for your life, a way for your life, and it will never be satisfied until you get in him. Amen. I'm sorry to tell you, you know what, I'm not trying to uh, dampen your, all your hard work in school or all your hard work to save your money and all those things about what you're going to do with it. Let me tell you something. If you don't know Christ, you don't know where fulfillment of life is going to be. He's going to spend all his life while your parents and all the school system and everybody else is saying get more education, get more money, get more everything, buy you a house before you do anything, do all that stuff. And I'm telling you right now, I couldn't afford hardly to go get married. But I went and got married because I knew I had to. But can I tell you something? God supplied every need after that. And he will supply your needs. He won't always give you what you want. He won't make you one of those uh, pictures on the TV that's of the blessed person. So blessed by the world's eye view. I know, you don't want to hear that. But it says the more abundantly. What is the more abundantly? Number one, it's the over and above. Now, if you know Christ... You walk with him a little ways, and I'm going to tell you something. Your life's going to be over and above. He begins to bless you. He begins to prosper your spirit inside of you, your heart. And you begin to be humbled because you realize, God, you have set me on a pedestal. I remember Larry telling Larry that time, Larry, God brought you into the house of God, forgave you, and I don't know what kind of stinker you was before you ever came here, but somewhere in there, God set you on a pedestal and made you a child of God and said, everybody look at what I'll do in a soul. Praise God, that's what God's trying to do in us. He's not trying to set you up to be rich, famous, 
to leave your children all kinds of money. You know that's going to destroy them most of the time. How in the world if you leave them all of that and then you turn around and say to them, oh, don't, don't care about that. Just have it in your bank for, for in case. You'll trust in your money more than you'll trust in God. I ain't here to talk about money. But it's over and above. He fulfills us. He rewards us. He blesses us. And he makes you happy and joyful. You can have nothing as a Christian and you're happy and joyful. See, the world don't understand that at all. You can be happy. You can smile. You can laugh. You can enjoy laying down at night and going to bed. You can enjoy waking up knowing I got a tomorrow. I've always got a tomorrow in Christ. I don't have to worry about what this world tells me. He goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. It's okay. You know, they always say the sheep are real dumb. They're not really that smart. They have no protection to protect themselves. Oh, that's why they need the shepherd. How many knows the shepherd watches over the sheep? I ain't talking about myself. I ain't talking about pastors. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. He's the good shepherd. And the good shepherd has always got his eye on the sheep taken care of. You know, I look at it like it's all right to be a sheep just as long as you know who the shepherd is. You got to know who your shepherd is. If you know who Jesus is, I don't care that the world counts me dumb and stupid. I don't care what they think that I know about computers or about how much money I ought to have in the bank and how old I am and how I ought to have this done, that done. I don't really care what they think because I'm not trying to fit in their world. I've already belonged to another world. And so do you if you know Christ. Quit worrying about what the world said. They are not going to give you nothing. At the end of your life, guess what they're going to do? They're going to hand you over to the nursing home or the hospice and say, sorry, that's it. And you know what? They won't come and visit you. Your banker won't come and visit you. Uh-oh, there I'm back on money. I don't know why I'm saying it. But your banker's not going to come and say, pat you on the back. Boy, you were so nice to give us all your money. That is not what you're needing. You need Jesus. You need, I'm not going to uh, pass over Jordan alone. I'm going with Jesus. I'm going to hold his hand and I'm going to hold my head up and I'm going to say, praise God, I'm going through death's door to eternity. It's been promised. I ain't no, I, don't, I didn't earn none of this. I didn't do none of it, but I know what he did. And he says he'd be there. He made that promise to us. It took Jesus being the door and the shepherd. Now, I want to get off this. I'm going to go to something else. In John 16, there's three verses. Verse 8. Maria brought this up in Bible study the other night. It says in verse 8, and when he has come, who's he? Talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit coming. Okay, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now let me tell you something. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. 
But Jesus walked upon this world. And when he was before his disciples, they didn't have to worry about it. The shepherd was right there with them. He told them where they were going. He told them what they was going to do. He showed them what he was going to do. He preached the gospel to all around, and they saw it all. But how many knows Jesus was going back to the right hand of the Father and the promise of the Spirit that can be in every one of his children. The promise of the Spirit was coming. Jesus is teaching his disciples this. And it says here in John 16, When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. They didn't believe Jesus. A lot of them didn't believe. So what? Jesus has gone away. He didn't go away and say, Well, just remember that time that one guy was here. What was his name? Jesus. You know, they didn't have to go by that. They could go by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will convict you of your sin. He will tell you and show you how you're a sinner and you need to be saved. Praise God. That's what the Holy Spirit's work is doing and that's what he's telling us. This is the work of the coming of the Holy Spirit for us and in us. And he says, he will convict you of what is sin, of righteousness because I go to my Father, you see me no more. He will show us what is right, for Christ could no longer be present in this earth. He, Christ is no more walking around uh, as far as in the flesh that you see. But we gather together in church. What do we hope? We hope the presence of the Lord, which is in the Holy Spirit. He will come and he'll fill the house. He'll fill the songs. He'll, he'll fill the words because you, you know Christ and somebody starts singing about him, all of a sudden the Spirit of God begins to move and you begin to rise inside saying, I'm sitting here, but boy, I'm getting taller. And man, all of a sudden you'll shoot up and say, I can't help but I got to praise him. Why? Because I know inside of me, he loved me enough to, to include me in his plans. I'm a child of God, not by anything I did, but boy, what he has done. Then it says of judgment, because the prince of this world is just. He will show us, and he has shown us, that Satan was defeated at Calvary. How many knows that's true? If he's defeated at Calvary, guess what we have? We have the authority and the power to go against Satan in the name of Jesus. Not in our name. Not because I preach, not because you sing or you play an instrument. No, it's because Jesus Christ defeated him at Calvary. And the Holy Spirit will speak only those things that he hears, which is what? He hears from the, from the Savior. And he speaks those things. Do you know Jesus is up there making intercession for you all the time? So why wouldn't you pray to him? Why wouldn't you call upon the Lord and say, Lord, help me in this situation? Because when you call upon him, he speaks to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to move people. He begins to make people do things they hadn't planned on doing. You go through doors. You don't know why. You'll turn down a street. You don't know why you're down that street. And all of a sudden, God will put somebody before you that you were to see that day. God knows exactly what he's doing. On down to verse 13, he says, Here, how be it, when he, the spirit of truth, 
is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he shall show it unto you, he shall glorify me, you shall receive of mine and show it, and he shall show it unto you, and shall show it unto you. Now I want you to change something. I want you to see the Holy Spirit that is involved in our liberty. How many hears that? Where the Spirit of the Lord, one scripture says, there is freedom, there's liberty. Okay, so think about it. We had Jesus Christ come as the shepherd that went through and made the door for you and I. Now he gives us the Holy Spirit and he's doing the work now inside of every one of us and his Spirit of the Lord gives me my liberty. But my liberty is in Christ because he's the one that paid my price. How many knows there's a price that's been paid? Right off, God said, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to hear that because I want you to hear God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Are you willing to give of yourself? Are you willing to pay the price? We talk about the price we pay in America to have a great country. But can I tell you something? Our Savior came by the will of the Father, and he paid the price for all of us. He came to be our replacement. He took our sins upon him, our sacrifice, because the Father said for him to go, he was sent. It says in 1 John 4.10, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. What's that big word mean? That means he appeased the Father. I know that sounds a little strange, but how many knows God's a righteous God? And when he looks on man and the world and the sin, he said there's a price to be paid. That's why he sent his son. And when his son paid the price the right way, when he followed the father's will all the way to the end, and he laid down his life, and he said, not my will, but thine be done, Lord, and he died. How many knows he pleased the father? He appeased him. More or less, he calmed him down about the wrath of God against the sin that was on you and I. And now the only way we can ever get out from under this curse upon us through our sin is to go to the Savior that paid our price. But how many knows he was God's sin? He was the love of God. Because of the love of God, he sent his son. Isaiah 53 says it very well at the last part of it. It says in verse 10 of Isaiah 53, this is a prophecy talking about Christ dying on the cross. But it says this, yet it pleased the Lord, verse 10 of Isaiah 53, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. You mean God was pleased? Yes, he was pleased because his son paid the price. He humbled himself. 
himself and became obedient unto death for sin that he never done. He became our sacrifice. See, we laugh and cut up about being great. Well, we got this great freedom in America, and they are abusing our freedoms every day. And all the time, we don't have no freedom outside of Christ. All the rest of it will bring bondage and death. I don't know why I'm preaching this. I know you know this. I'm not talking to strangers. I'm talking to somebody that knows. But I've got to remind you because I'm going to tell you something. There was a price to pay for our freedom. Our liberty came by a great work that the Heavenly Father has brought into place. He goes on to say, When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Verse 11, He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. How many knows God was satisfied when he saw Jesus died on the cross? He said, that is what the price I'm talking about. Wasn't nobody worthy to die for our sins but him. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't you understand we got to fall in love with Jesus? Don't you understand that he is the way, the truth, and the life? There is no other way to the Father but through him. Why? Because the heavenly Father looked down and he saw and he was satisfied with the sacrifice he made of himself for all man's sin. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquity. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great and shall divide a spoil, the Divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul into death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Now I want to change again. That was talking about God's great love that brought this. Now I want to talk about the truth. It's in John 8.31. If you look in the bulletin, I think Anna had it in the bulletin. But it says... 8.31 says, This said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then, you are, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, some of them came up and heard Jesus preaching. They heard his words. They couldn't find nothing wrong with him. And I'm talking about some of these that were uh, Jewish leaders, Jewish people. High of Jews. They just started following Jesus. But he says, if you follow me and you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. You know how many people comes in and tries church? They'll come in here and they want God to clean up everything in their house. They want the Lord to fix everything by the one time coming and praying. And then they want to go right back out and get right back in it and then go tell somebody else there wasn't nothing to that church stuff. I tried it. No, you haven't tried it. You haven't continued in to know who he is. Because the more you read, the more you follow him, the more things he does in your, in your life and speaks to your heart and soul, the more you'll fall deeply in love with him. 
and you'll wonder one day, where in the world can I go but to the Lord? I ain't got nowhere else to go. He's my answer to all things. Second Thessalonians 2.13 says this, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren. Paul said this to the Thessalonians. Brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and the belief of the truth. You've got to get a hold of the truth of God. Quit listening to some ministry that tells you it's okay to do it your way. Today it's a different culture. I'm going to tell you something. They ain't in the word of God. Or if they are, they're in another one of these translations that soft soaps everything. I'm sorry to tell you. You better compare everything to this King James Bible. And you, you know I've heard people argue about the King James Bible. But I'm going to tell you something. Other. It's been revised four times. But the four times it has been revised has never changed hardly anything in it other than a couple of words that makes a little more sense of it. And that's not what they're doing in them other ones. They're taking blood out of some of them. They're taking everything out. And you get to where you read it and you're quoting. People will quote stuff and I say, that ain't what it says. And I'm thinking, no wonder you think that way. That's why it doesn't say it that way. We have to be people that watches for the truth. If you get somewhere and you hear a lie, you know what? It's right that you, if I tell you a lie, you better come and tell me about it. Don't just take it that, well, he's kind of, he's a nice guy, he's ignorant. We'll just let him go by with it. No, you need to tell me the truth. I need to hear the truth. And you need to live the truth. Because you need to recognize what it said. Believe it or not, I'm almost done. I want to go to the liberty. I want to go to the freedom. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, Paul's telling the Galatians, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. For brethren, you have been called, verse 13, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty, and only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Now there's two or three things in here I want you to hear. Freedom to serve God. Why has God set us free? What's he set us free for? To go around and live like we want? Or to do what we want? You know what? I'm free to do what I want. And, you know, you might say, I got that freedom from America. No. I got the freedom inside from above that tells me I am set free from all the bondage of this life. By, by, by all of the things that the enemy holds me down with strongholds, I can bring them to God, get released from them, and I'm free. Now, you know what? You got people saying, I'm free to drink, I'm free to take drugs, I'm free to do anything I want. No, that ain't what he's talking about. You're also free, if you took at the, look at the fruits of the Spirit, you're also free. The last one, it says temperance. And you know what that is? That's self-control. But part of it means, I believe what it means, is restraining. The Holy Spirit in you will restrain you from going anywhere that's not pleasing to the Father. 
It's not pleasing to the Savior. You're a Christian and you don't belong there. You've been set free from this world. So why do you turn around and take up the bondage, the yoke of bondage again that Jesus set you free from? See, we're free to gather together in God's house and to rejoice and to praise his name. And the world looks at us like, why do they keep showing up talking about the same book, singing these gospel songs and these praise songs, and they get happy and one of them jerks and runs and does this and does that, and they go home and think, well, we really had service. They have no idea where the Spirit of God's at in that at all. They don't see it. They don't hear it. They don't feel it. They don't know what it means to be set free from the sin that's on their own life. Now, ain't none of us perfect. I know you're not, and I know I'm not. But I'm following by the Spirit of God. I'm trying to listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. If I allow myself, I'll be out in the yoke of bondage again. Now, some people don't believe that. They think, oh, you, once you get it, it's yours. You can do whatever you want to after that. That's a lie too. And it didn't come from God. One of the things, verse 14 of Galatians says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now let me tell you something, what God sent you free to do. He set you free to love your neighbor. I, I just said something that's hard for every one of us. He did not set you free to be selfish for yourself. He did not set you free to love you and your own, and that's it, or whatever you can control in your home. That is not what he set you free to do. He set you free to love your neighbor, and everybody's your neighbor. Everybody God sends you to is your neighbor to reach out and to give the gospel to. And that means he set us free to go out and spread the love of God to all. Why did he do that for me? Did he do that for me and he do that for you, for you to set on it somewhere? No. He forgave us. He paid a great price to give you this freedom, this liberty. And we're to hold fast. Therefore, in the liberty wherewith he has made us free, hold fast to it. Hold fast to it. Don't let the world keep pulling you away. Don't let friends that are close friends, I don't care if they're relatives, if they're dragging you away from serving God, you need to separate yourself. Love them, but separate yourself. Go back to your knees. Say, Lord, I need you more than I need them. They need you. It is a separation. He set us free to separate us, to sanctify us. Isaiah 61. That can come on back up. Isaiah 61.1, there's a scripture there that you've heard all your life. I want you to hear this. Isaiah wrote this down. He wrote many things about Jesus Seven, eight hundred years before Christ was ever born, he wrote these things about Christ. But here's something that Jesus stood up and read in Luke 4. He read this very scripture right here. 
in Isaiah 61.1. I want you to hear it. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open up the prison to them that are bound. How many knows Jesus fulfilled that scripture? Jesus stepped up in the synagogue, and they usually would offer somebody that would, would speak, and he was handed the book, and he opened it up in Isaiah. And he turned to 61, 1 and 2, and he read 61 in the very first line of 62. And then he looked at him and he said, this is fulfilled in your ears today. What was he saying? You don't understand. I am the Messiah you've been looking for. I am the Holy One of Israel that came. I am the Savior that came to pay your price. I want to tell you something. That's special. Because why? Because do you read what he said? To proclaim liberty. Oh, man. We're free today. We can proclaim liberty. I'm glad I can stand up and say I'm free. And I don't care what the news tells me. I don't care if they tell me I have to be some special gender. I have to be some special uh, freak show part. I don't know what they want. But the real truth is when I get done with it, I look at it like I've been set free from that. I don't have to follow none of your directions. I'm already following the direction of who, who's in charge. Amen. See, our Savior came, and when he came, he proclaimed liberty to the captives. Oh, my goodness. Have you been set free? Do you remember when you were bound and you were captive of the sin in your life and you couldn't do nothing for it, you could look at your little children's faces and say, I can't help you because daddy's not living right. You can look at your little faces and say, mommy's not living right. Can I tell you something? Do you remember when Jesus set you free? He set you free to live free. There's freedom in the spirit of God. Follow the spirit of God, not the flesh you got to turn yourself from this world. They keep telling you how it works. It doesn't work that way no more. Jesus came and changed it all. You can't live by the law. You can't live good enough to uh, please God. You have to come by the way that the only thing that pleased God, which was Christ giving himself up for you and I. In 19, or in 1776, they rung, a Philadelphia, rung at Philadelphia on July the 4th, 1776. When the Continental Divi uh, Congress passed the Declaration of Independence, did you know the Liberty Bell was rung? Do you know what the Liberty Bell is to us in America? It's a symbol of our liberty. We live in a free country. Now, you know what? We're binding ourselves up again. We're tying knots around everything of, of the freedom that's that been given us. 
by our forefathers. I was telling, we was talking yesterday, me and David, about the Patrick Henry. Give me liberty or give me death. And why was he saying that? Because he's saying either we break loose and be, our, and be a free country and be free from the, from the tyranny of what's going on in England, them ruling over us. Either we become a free nation or I'd rather die. So what he's saying is, I want to go to war to fight for my freedom. Those forefathers knew what kind of nation that God was trying to bring about. Whether they understood it all, I have no idea. Was there a hundred mistakes? Yes. Was there problems? Yes. But the enemies always fight. Is there problems in your home? Yes. Enemy is still working his plan to work against you, get you to follow what the world's doing. But Jesus will keep you free, set you free, and keep you free. There's something written upon the Liberty Bell. One of the things that's written is out of the 25th chapter of Leviticus, the 10th verse, and it's these very words. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Wow. No wonder that bell needed to be rung. No wonder. You know what it says? Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto the inhabitants thereof. Everybody in America that was a, had American uh Passport, basically. It wasn't, wasn't a passport then. But everybody in America was free. Liberty. They could proclaim liberty. That bell was broke. It was broke. It had been rung so many times it got cracked. They, they hired two men called Pass and Stowe. And Pass and Stowe put their name on the bottom of the bell. So that's also written on the bell. There's something else written on the bell, and I never did get what that was. But it was another place for, I think it's another scripture somewhere. But can I tell you, the Liberty Bell is just an old bell now that never gets rung. Ain't it amazing? If we don't stay with our liberty as a country, we might as well put the bell away. It might as well be cracked. Because we got no good reason to bring it if we're going to be tied up in knots and can't live the freedom that God gave us to live. Now, I understand. I'm not trying to be just American patriotic. I'm talking about the freedom that God gives you inside. Makes you free. That's who we are. We have Christian liberty in Christ. In Christ, we have Christian liberty. Live that way. Don't be ashamed. You know what's wrong with half our people and it's in leadership? They're ashamed we're American. They want to change our name. They want to change all of our statues, tear them down. They want to get rid of all the things that says anything about God. And then you wonder where God's at. He's, I tell you right now, he's having a hard time keeping his foot in our, in our nation. We... Are God's people. 
love him, praise him for every day for this beautiful land that he gave us. I ain't surrendering so easy. I don't give up. I don't want to quit. Do you? Get down on my knees and I pray. I see the little children going back there and I say to myself, they're going to have a tomorrow somewhere. Are we going to let them get tied up in knots? Are we going to fight for the freedom? Somebody's going to have to fight for it. How am I talking about physically? I'm talking about get on your knees and pray till God delivers us. How does he deliver us? First thing, get on your knees and pray because we need to repent as a nation. Everybody stand if you will. Apostle Paul said, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself a servant unto all that I may gain the more. Isn't that good? Apostle Paul knew he was set free and yet he said, I'm free from all things, yet I call myself a servant. I make myself a servant to all. See, Apostle Paul knew somebody's got to spread the gospel. Somebody's got to pick up what Jesus left the disciples and the apostles to do and somebody's got to carry it through. This generation is in a great need right now. I know what God said to me this morning. I can't tell you what he said to me this morning. But can I tell you, he spoke to me. I thought he was changing my message. Leslie, he spoke straight to my heart about something and I wrote it down on a piece of paper because I knew what God was saying to me. And I thought to myself, oh God, we don't have no tomorrow if we don't get busy. We don't have no tomorrow if we, God's people, don't rise up as the children of God. There ain't no, there's no laws, there's no nothing that can stop us from being God's people. Praise God. As long as you know who the sheep is, shepherd is it's okay to be a sheep praise God don't you know he loves you don't you know he's provided all things all power all supplies that we need you know you can read the 23rd Psalm Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he, he leads me beside the green he leads me into green pastures beside the still waters how many knows the shepherd leads us everywhere we need to be? He gives us the, the supplies in our life to keep us as his sheep. He provides the pasture. He meets all of our needs. If you're in need today, you need to turn it over to him. If you don't know him, you need to get to know him. You need to come to the door because Jesus didn't beat around the bush with the Pharisees no more. He said, I am the door of the sheep. Nobody can come but through me. Come to Jesus today. Start your life new. Start your life proclaiming, I'm free in Jesus. And walk it every day. And I promise you, he will fulfill your life. 
Young people who will fulfill your life. Everything you think you need and everything you think you want, don't you know God already knows it? He knew before you were born what he was going to do in your life. He's waiting on you to come to him. I'm done. It's up to you. I can't save nobody. So when you come up here, if you want to come and get and pray, you're coming to him, not me. You're not coming to this church. We're not looking for your money. We're not looking for anything to make you think that we're in this for our own benefits. That ain't what we're in for. We just want you to know Jesus. He will fulfill your life. While she sings, you come. Call on my name today.